The Spirit of the Lord is calling for change today on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook. Let's go. Well, greetings, folks. I'm so glad you are here with me today. Uh, I hope you're having a wonderful Monday. I know that I post these things later on, but it is the 29th of August, unbelievably already uh, almost September, almost into the last trimester of the um, of the uh, year, and pretty interesting. Um, kids going back to school. My son goes back to college. Real kind of... Uh, but I want to talk to you today about um, change and why I think that uh, the Holy Spirit is calling for change. Now, let me explain that I don't mean the Holy Spirit's mad. I don't mean that the Holy Spirit's that the church needs to repent. I say it that way to kind of be a little bit more um, um, purposeful in just saying more. Um, when we just say more, more what? more what 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 do we need more of what do we need well what do you need more of is the question i want to ask you because i have my dog down here you want i don't know if you've seen her um on any of these videos i don't think i brought her up here but she wants to sit with me here i'll bring her up <laughs> she's got her look at she's got her big bone in her mouth she's a little piebald dachshund but she wants to sit with me and uh and that's fine with uh Look, Dachshund's just fun. She's a, she's a great dog. Didn't mean to get off topic here, but uh, we do these things free willy a little bit. Um, what do you want more of? Now, I don't mean just more just in your personal life, but I mean more in the, in the equation of what are you thirsty for to see in the earth? What are you hungering for to see in the kingdom? Um, and... What is it you're willing to pay the price for? And I'll, I'll talk about that price in a second. But pay the price for to see that come to pass. And and I think that we don't often um, think that we have a price to pay. We do. It's not the. It's not necessarily the price of us shedding our blood. Uh, remember, Jesus didn't shed his blood for the kingdom to came. He that was to atone for sin and make a new covenant. But it wasn't necessarily, that's done. So th that's not what we're talking about in this uh, video today. What we're talking about is, why does God seem to wait on the church? Why doesn't God just do it? Why doesn't God just appear to you in your bedroom and say, hey, by the way, I need you to do this and, and, and do that? Because this is a voluntary uh, calling, a voluntary offering, even though, if you really understand it, saying no to the call of God is not good. But he calls, he doesn't, he calls us all in the fact that he gave us the name of Jesus and he made us his, uh, his children. That is a holy calling. It's an invitation. There's a word calling there. It's like an invitation to come and be a part of his family. And he doesn't make us do it. Now, he can make it very difficult. Like Paul, I think, would have had a really difficult time. Um, um, saying no to that extent. But Paul still had a choice because if he didn't have a choice, then it wasn't voluntary. It wasn't love. And 
I don't want to break all those down now. But I do want to talk about um, our role in bringing heaven to earth and why, why this is important and why it takes the whole body to accomplish God's goal, even though God could do it himself. He desires to do it with us and him. In other words, through his son Jesus, he has made one body. By the way, it's supposed to be one body, whether it be Jew or Greek. It's supposed to be one body, whether male or female, rich or poor, slave or free. We're one body in Christ. The He's nailed the requirements of the law to the tree so that he can make one new man in his son Jesus. All right. So what is that calling and why is it so general and how can it get so specific? Well, it's general because when you're vision casting and you want to include as many people as you can, you get very general. So God says, you know, uh, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe everything I've taught you. Okay, so it's an amazing thing. You know what I mean? That is very general. It's very general. Why? Well, um, so in within the body, we have unique individual, let's say, um, focused callings to fulfill the greater purpose. And so not I don't fulfill the greater purpose. You don't fulfill the greater purpose. We fulfill it together. But if you don't get on board, if you don't start taking ownership and responsibility, and I don't take ownership and responsibility, then less gets done and less gets accomplished for his glory. And so we have great meetings, but a lot of times what happens after meetings, and look, I've been part of a lot of outpourings and revivals, and then we leave and and the church doesn't know how to continue them. They don't know how to um, facilitate hosting that. Um, they go back to what they were used to and it dies. They go, well, how come it died? Because, well, number one, let me just say this, that... Um, what are you hungry for? Are you hungry for a good meaning? Or are you hungry for a transformation of your city? But let's not even talk about our city. Because I think that's too big of a scope. Especially, I live in the largest city in the lower 48 in the U.S. It's huge. Okay? And there's over 2,000 churches here. There's a new church every week. There's churches that fold every week. And a lot of churches. Okay? There's some really big churches. But... They're not really influential in the sense of they're not changing the culture in Jacksonville. Uh, the reason is because they're not thinking about changing the culture in Jacksonville. That's not what they're focused on. Um, so how are we going to do this? How are we going to accomplish this? Well, I want to give you a couple key things that we might be able to learn and apply to our life. These two things, I think, are for the whole body of Christ. Okay, um, and but they're definitely for the apostles and prophets. All right, and and let's say the fivefold ministry. In other words, the job of the fivefold ministry is to equip you to do the ministry. But the most people look at leaders is I'm supposed to come to church. They're supposed to do all the work. I get to enjoy it. This has got to have a major shift in the body. Now, I think the reason for that is, is not laziness. It's not slothfulness. It's not, um, it's not a lack of desire. Here's what it is. It's a lack of identity. 
that because you don't know you're as called as I am, but not called to the same necessary thing as I am. In other words, as an apostle, my scope and my calling, where I flow, like I am not an evangelist. I have some really good friends that are so amazing evangelists. Todd Bentley, friends of Charlie Champ. And these guys are prophet, you know, Charlie's a prophet, but he does he's also got this evangelistic calling that stuns me. I don't have that. Bill Johnson doesn't have that. Chris Vallotton doesn't have that. We, we learn how to stay within our lane, okay, and help the others in their lane. And that's all I, that's what I do with other people. I just try to help them in their lane. I don't try to make them my lane, and I don't try to make, I don't try to be in their lane, but I could come alongside that lane and just, we can cross-pollinate and help each other. I have no desire of, like, trying to be someone that I'm not called to be. But I am called to be, one, a child of God. So let's go through some scriptures today that um, I don't struggle with identity. Um, certainly don't the way I did when I was lost. But I have to remind myself sometimes because um, the enemy does attack. I mean, he, look, he attacks a lot of people. Um, that's just true. And you have to learn how to keep yourself, uh, your hope alive. You have to learn how to keep your faith in Christ because there's a lot of opportunities to... Um, to derail that in the body or in life. It's just life comes at you sometimes very hard. This year, I've lost husband of a good friend, a wife who was our, one of our children's pastors in the past, and her husband, you know, wife passed away. I've lost one of our members lost their son. Benny Johnson passed away. Jeff Jansen passed away. I've had two other friends. Um, one other friend passed away, acquaintance. We weren't close, but we were close 20 years ago when she was in town. One of my spiritual daughter's mother passed away. Her cousin's husband passed away. And it, it, it comes at you fast. And at the same time, um, we gave, you know, God gave us a new grandbaby in the midst of all this year. And how do you keep yourself strong during all this? Because, you know, the phone calls come. You know, when you're a leader, you, you, if you're a leader out there, listen to me. The phone calls come with everyone's problems. And you don't always have time to tend to your own. Now, yesterday's message at the church, I talked about four things that would help you in walking this path. So go look at that message at the Gate Church. Download the Gate Church uh, of Jacksonville. Just put it in Gate Church of Jacksonville in your uh, app store and look for the gate logo here. I'll show you what the gate logo looks like really quick. There it is right there. Look for that and um, you'll find the gate. And you could get all these. I do, I do, there's so many free stuff on there for you that it's quite remarkable. So download it. You can watch it right on your phone. All right. But first, let's deal with our identity. And, and I'm going to take this quickly because I'm going to hope that you're past that. But number one, you are a child of God. Now, the question is, do you believe that? Well, let's see what Scripture says. Um, because it's, it's, it's really important. Um, it says this, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Okay, so you believe in Jesus. Now you're a child. But we have to get mature. Now, I want you to do this for me. I want you to get back to that childlike faith. You know when you got born again, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But when I but when you're born again, 
I would read the word and say yes to everything. And then, you know, you get beat up and you're not saying yes to, and then you have to work yourself back and again, that childlike faith, because, you know, when you're a kid, you believe you can be anything. You believe that you can be an astronaut. The next week you can be a police officer. Next week you can be a fireman. Next week you can be a doctor. And, you know, you're just so full of like hopes and dreams. And then people tell you, don't hope and dream. Well, low hope is not healthy. Low hope is actually demonic and not healthy. Okay, it doesn't mean I want you to go today and go, well, I'm going to be an apostle. I'm going to be a prophet. I'm, gonna, I'm not talking about that, but that you can be a mature son or daughter in God. And maturity is what God needs. But he needs childlike faith for you to be mature. I go, wow, does that work? Well, because unchildlike faith is unbelief. Okay, it's rigid. It won't move when God speaks. It will exalt itself as God in a way and say, well, I don't believe that. With childlike faith, when God speaks to us, we are sensitive to his spirit. We are we are sensitive to when he walks in the room. We are sensitive to when an angel walks by. By the way, you're also sensitive when demonic spirits walk in and are present. You, you, you're sensitive to, to his realm. Now, if you go, wait a minute, I don't want to be sensitive to the demonic. Well, there's no way to be sensitive to angels and also at the same time uh, be desensitized to demons. There's no way. Okay, the good news is the angels always outnumber the demons. The angels are always there to guard you and minister to you and protect you. That's part of our trust. God is always there. He doesn't give us more. He will never give us more than we can handle. So in any situation that I mishandle, it's because I misappropriated the grace that was available and I didn't handle it well. Okay, all right. So now we know that because we believe in his name, we're children, we're his offspring. Okay, scripture actually declares us as gods. That's really going to freak out some people. But if you are born again with Jesus, you are all human and all spirit. And you are joined with him. So let's, let's, we're going to get into some fun stuff, but let's go to 1 Corinthians 6. And I just want to give you some scriptures. I want to help with us all fulfilling what God has called us to do. And in verse 17, it says, um, or do you not know that he who is, verse 16, or, or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Okay. Do you understand that? That you're one spirit with Christ. That's huge. I do this talk in Melchizedek series on my website, lewisdcn.com. I talk about um, that salt can't be, you can't divide it again. And that what it's saying is Christ has taken us on and he can't separate ourselves. Because in covenant, he has done it since covenant is until death do us part because he's done it in his new life and taken this role on for us. Um, then we are... Uh, secure in him. Okay, now we can deny him and be cut out, but that's through our disobedience. He's able to cut us out because we have made the open door by denying him by unbelief. And there are people who have done this where they once believed in Jesus and now they deny him, deny he ever exists. That's different than someone who's bitter. This is someone who literally flat out denies him. Okay, and Hebrews 6 warns us of that. And so that's not you. It's not us. We're not worried about them. Worried about you. We're worried about ourselves. 
And so how am I going to get mature? How am I going to get to the place of maturity so that I can fulfill what I'm called to do? I'm not talking about miracles. I'm not talking about healing. The reason I'm not talking about that because I want to make this so that it fits for you regardless. Maybe you're called to be a teacher. Maybe you're called to be a an architect. Maybe you're called to be an astronaut. Maybe you're called to be president. You know, uh, I don't think we're going to have a president. Maybe that's going to be doing miracle signs and wonders. Okay. That would probably be a little bit too much explosion in the head. Um, but I want to give you, I want to give you what you need wherever you are. So let's say you're called to miracles. That's one thing, but what happens if I'm called to be a school teacher? How do I become like when I was an air traffic controller, how do I become the best controller? And I mean, not from, I mean, I can tell you how to do it from working the traffic. And that is learning the regulations and skill level. But I'm talking about that I represent God just as well as an air traffic controller as I now do, hopefully, in the pulpit. See, the thing is, I didn't want my life to shift. I didn't want my life to misrepresent in front of my kids. I didn't want to, I, I want to be consistent. Um, my, my kids know, they know who I am and they know I ain't putting on a facade with you. You know what I mean? They know that I, this is my life. I, everything for Jesus. And it doesn't mean I don't love them. They know I love them, but I mean, they know, man, <laughs> dad's on this, you know, this is the journey we're on as a family too. We love Jesus. All right. How do you become that? How do you get to the place? Now, it was out of that desire, number one, that other desires in him began to grow, like to be in ministry, like to see miracle signs and wonders, to see people heal, to prophesy. All that stuff came out of, I just want to be, I just want to know him. This was really my heart, okay? I want to know who God was, who Jesus was, who Holy Spirit was. It's what I wanted in the beginning. I still want to know that. That has never changed. So in the beginning, I, I was just reading the Word, and I was just asking Holy Spirit to help me in the Word. Show me, you know, I, I don't even know if I had the language, and I don't think He cared. <laughs> you know, that's what's so amazing about Holy Spirit is he could take my groanings and he can understand them. He could take what's inside and understand it. He can he can see that I, it's okay to sit there and say, Lord, I don't have words. And he's okay with that. Okay, he's really okay. Like sometimes we put such a burden on saying the right things. I'm not saying say the wrong things. I'm just saying sometimes there is no language for what is deep inside of you that you want to pray. And if you don't let that emotion come forth, if you don't let that burden come forth, you're going to miss out. And there was, there was hours I spent on the floor with the Lord, just crying out without words, just going, Lord, I just want you. I, I can't explain it. And sometimes what we do in the in the kingdom is we think this is foolish. We think this is silly. You know, say the right words. Well, let me show you that. That's not what God is expecting of you. I know, I, I know we think he is. <laughs> and I think that a church, sometimes in church, we think that 
looking the part is looking, having it all together and knowing everything. Listen, listen to this, Romans chapter 8, 26, you know the verse. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. What's our weakness? I don't know what to say, Lord. I don't know what to communicate. I don't have the answer. I just know it's you. I don't know. I don't have. I can't bring language to it. I can't tell you what is my burden inside of me. I just want you. I want more of you. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know even when I'm praying. I just, you, that's all I want. And I know that somewhere in there, it's you. It's actually you. All right. It's hard to, it's hard to explain this because we're raised with such a humanistic mind in this sense. We don't have the language for what is so deep inside of us that we end up avoiding what should be unavoidable. And that is the groaning. That is the, the deep cries of our heart. And because we're afraid to be disappointed, we're afraid to, and maybe because we want everything of this world and it's not out of this world, all I knew is I want God. That's all I know now. I want God. I don't want greater ministry. Like, I don't want to be famous. I, I, I really don't have a fame personality. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm not good at it. I don't think I'd be really good at it. I, I, I'd rather not be a part of it in a way. But whatever he desires, whatever the path leads, that's fine. It says, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. That's our weakness. What's our weakness? Our weakness is, I don't know what I should be praying. I just know, God, you're the answer. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that's stirring in me. Now, this is the thing that people don't understand. I'm going to tell you something. When you are praying and you are seeking God and you're dissatisfied, do not fix the problem. You could be dissatisfied because he has something on the other side of that wall, other side of that breakthrough, that it's only going to be fulfilled, that, that that's only going to be fulfilled in him. And that, why doesn't he just do it right away? Because that's what we want. We don't want to get to the place of desperation. We don't want to get to the place of all you only you or nothing at all. You know, we don't want to get to that place. We always like to have plan B, C, D because we feel safe, but there's no safety in plan B, D, B, C, and D. There's no safety in that. Those safety plans are escape routes, not safety plans. They're not safety nets. They're an escape route that's designed when the going gets too, you know, gets too tough or you get, you know, just to quit. Okay, For, that's our weakness. That we don't know what the prayers we are, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. What if I told you that it might actually be the Holy Spirit in you, actually stirring in you the need for Him, the need for breakthrough, the need for more? And if you quelch it, if you deny it, it delays it. Okay, and that what we need is to press through, to press through, 
and press into him in those seasons. So what's my suggestion for you? Pray. Lou, how often do I have to pray? That's not the question. You pray. You spend time in prayer. You spend time walking around praying. You pray. You seek his face. You read his word. You seek his face. Don't fill it up with activity that will never satisfy. Okay? And this is what people do. And 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 I've done it. You know, in the beginning, I was like, man, am I, am I you know, am I nuts? You know, everyone else looks so happy, but I wasn't. Isaiah 55. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Now, what is it? What is your, what is the exchange that you're able to buy what the Lord has without money? Okay. And without price. Okay. How can I buy wine and milk? Wine speaks of the spirit. Milk speaks of the word. Okay. God will pour out new wine and new wineskins. That's the wine. How can I come and buy wine and pure word without money, without price? And why do I spend my money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your delight and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. So you see what this is? How are you buying it? How will you buy the thing you want? The thing that's deep in your groanings. What is it? It's him. Now that him can manifest in anointing for miracles, anointing for healing, anointing for uh, prophetic words, anointing for word of knowledge. It could also manifest in a gift, a grace, a favor upon you that helps you have more influence in your workplace or your job. It might be an entrepreneurial spirit that might break you forth that you could sit there and now you got a business uh, um, um, understanding and entrepreneurship and that creates that. It can be all these different things, but it's now with him versus without him. How do you buy that? Come to incline your ear. In other words, what is it? Come and pray. Come and sit with me. What you want, you purchase in prayer through exchange of time and presence. Wait a minute, what do you mean presence? You want his presence? You have to give him your presence. This is the exchange we're making with him. I'm exchanging my time. I'm exchanging my dog hair. Floated up. Or that where I'm producing feathers. Which I had a beautiful feather that my wife found in our house one morning. Just the other morning. It was blue feather sitting on my nightstand. It's like this big. Beautiful blue feather. Alright. That exchanges prayer. The thing that is holding you. The thing that is... You don't have money. Well... I don't have money, Lou. I can't buy 48 books. I can't I can't go to the conference. The thing that is holding you, the thing that is is in your hand to give. What do you have to give is yourself. And you have to give yourself, not just say it, but you give it through prayer and study. Listen to the apostles in the Acts chapter 6. 
when they understand this exchange. Now remember, they were not good prayers. <laughs> remember, they couldn't stay, they couldn't pray an hour on the night of his death. Okay. And listen to what they say. Um, he says they're they people aren't getting fed distribution for food and all this stuff. And and this is the disciples' answer. Therefore, brethren, seek out among you seven good seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who who we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. In other words, we're gonna go in prayer. Okay. And we're going to make an exchange. We're going to buy wine, the spirit, prayer, and milk, the word. We're going we're gonna to exchange our life. We're going to exchange on the exchange floor with God. Our life for his abundant life. Our presence for his presence. We're going to show him our favor. In other words, our favor is, Lord, whatever you want us. Look at Here's the favor. You want to be able to ask God whatever you have. Whatever... Whatever you want from God. In other words, Jesus said in, in 15, if you abide, he talks about, by the way, he talks about, oh, if you abide in me and I in you, and if my word abides in you, you can ask the Father whatever you want. That's favor. Well, how do you, the exchange of that favor is, can he ask you whatever he wants of you and will you give it? If he can't do that, then you can't have that abundant favor on your life because you have to make the exchange. It's free. It's a free gift. It's me. Jesus said this. If if you him who tries to save his life will lose it, but him who will lose his life for my sake will gain eternal life. It's an exchange. It's not money. It's not your tithe. That's sowing and reaping. Okay? And that is kingdom. Because God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. But we're not talking about reaping houses. Okay? Jesus told the disciples. He said... He's, they said to him, look, Lord, we have we have given you everything. We've left homes and everything for you. And he says, I tell you, in this life, you will gain homes. You will gain he'll, in a hundredfold, he said, in this life. So we're not talking about sowing and reaping. We're talking about an exchange of presence. Exchange of... Why didn't, why, why didn't the other 380 who weren't in the upper room didn't have the encounter? They didn't have the encounter back in their own towns. It was in Jerusalem because Jesus gave him command. Hey, if you'll wait for me there, there's something coming. What did they exchange? They exchanged themselves in prayer. They exchanged themselves. And I'll, I'll get into this maybe next week, talking about exchanging of garments. Ooh. Okay, but that's the exchange. And that's what Isaiah 55 is talking about. Look, you're buying, you're spending your money on things that never satisfy, but at least spend your life on me. Spend your life seeking me. Spend your life in prayer with me. And I will give you wine and pure milk. I will give you my spirit in its abundance. And I will give you the pure milk of the word that you'll have revelation. Pure milk of the word is not uh, watered down. It's the, it's the pure milk is healthy for bone structure. He'll also give you the meat of the kingdom. Okay? You won't have to sit there and spend your money for what doesn't satisfy. Amen? Make that exchange. And people go, well, how long do I have to pray? That's the bad question. That's that's just that shows you the mindset is what you want is um, the minimum. Why don't you pray until you get the breakthrough? Like, if you want him, then is there a limit what you'll pay? 
And if there is a limit, then you probably will never reach it. But if you, and that's why God draws it away. That's why God has backed up to make the church hungry again so that they can have this next wave of revival come because the church backed off. The church was getting into a place where we're going to bring revival, outpouring, that on one night only, you know, and there's all these labels and tags on it. We were marketing the spirit. And trying to attribute the spirit to us. It's a very bad thing to do. We're, we're, people are peddling the gospel. Franchising it. Selling it. It's not what we're supposed to be about. Give yourself to prayer. Give yourself to him in prayer. Which means I'm not there. I don't. I, sometimes, Lord, I've already prayed. It's not that. Lord, I know you answer those prayers. I know you're abundantly supplied to me and my family. But that's not what I want. So what Moses wants, Lord, he says, hey, I'm going to send you to promise land. I'm going to send my angel with you. Moses is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Read Exodus 33. Moses is like, whoa, 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 whoa. That wasn't the deal. If you're not going with me, I'll stay here. If you're going to stay here, I'm staying here. I'm not going. I know you give us land, milk, of honey. I know you can give us an abundance. I know you can do all. That's not the deal. The deal was you. And if you are not with us, we're not going up from here. I'm not taking the people up. I'm not going anywhere without you, Lord. I'm not going because there's an invitation. I'm not going because there's an opportunity. Are you going with me, Lord? And if not, I can't go. If not, I can't go up from here. That's, that's the exchange. And that's the price that many won't pay. Because that price, they go, well, I don't know how to pray. He didn't ask you to know how to pray. He didn't ask you. Didn't say you had to you had to go through the school of prayer to do this. Didn't ask you that. When we reduce hunger into a methodology, we weaken hunger to have its good work. We start instead of seeking him, well, when do I get off of point one and point two and point three? You can't reduce it down. You go teach it. You just you and your life can't reduce it down to, okay, I'm doing step one, doing step two. It's got to stay in that uncomfortable hunger zone and crying out for God. Amen. Hey, in the comments below, why don't you let me know if this helped you at all? Tell me what you think. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Rumble. We're on uh, Subsplash app, our Gage Church of Actually, It's on there. I'm also doing another series just talking about seeking the face of God. Just talking about it. Amen? I hope it blesses you. I hope this has been a blessing. God bless you. Go over to lewisdcn.com. There is a bunch of stuff available. You saw the link at the website earlier. Go there. There's a bunch. I'm also on Locals. I'm on so many different things. So uh, God bless you. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.